Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we are going to revisit another one of our goal conferences. We've done this before with uh, some of the past virtual goal conference presentations that we've done, but there's really good information in these. So we want to make sure that people know that they're available. So just to give you a little background information, we recently had the fourth session of the virtual goal conference, uh, which live streamed, and it was all about social accountability, managing risk in fisheries, vessels, ports, and processing plants. So there's a lot of really good information, kind of some territory that GAA has not really stepped into too much uh, until now. So there's there was a bunch of presentations by some great presenters. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you a little preview of a presentation by Nigel Edwards, which is on social responsibility in seafood processing. So this is where we're, we're going to start about halfway in. So it's, you know, a a, a snippet of his presentation and there is a visual aspect to it so you're, you're going to just be hearing his presentation but if you do want to watch it and see the whole thing you can click the link in our show notes and you can see all of the presentations on demand uh, whenever you want but before we get into our little preview of this presentation i want to remind everybody to subscribe to aquademia wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get every single new episode directly downloaded to your device as soon as it's available. Yeah, and a few ways you can reach out to us. One, we are on social at AquademiaPod. Uh, send us an email, podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. Or you can fill out a contact us form on our website, aquaculturealliance.org. Go to the education tab. Uh, halfway down, you'll see the Aquademia section and a contact us button. And lastly, if you like what you're listening to, then feel free to leave us a rating and review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. That's right. And Maddie, when can people expect the next virtual goal session to be held? Yeah. So in case you've missed our previous episodes about goal, goal is an annual conference that Global Aquaculture Alliance hosts every year. And this year it is virtual which is different. And it's also different than usual because we're holding it in monthly installments. So like Sean said, this is the fourth session and we're going to have a total of eight sessions this year. So if you want to tune into the next one, it's going to be on August 19th and it's going to be all about climate change. And there's a live aspect to each of these sessions. So it's great if you tune in, but if you can't make it at the exact time that we're live streaming, it's always available after the fact on demand. That's right. So make sure you check that out. Check this presentation out. Enjoy this little snippet of Nigel's presentation and we will talk to you at the end. Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Now there's a, there's a process um, that I just want to describe to you in a little bit more detail. Um, but before I get to that, um, there is an engagement journey. So we describe it as a pyramid, and uh, I'm not going to claim that we're at the top of this pyramid. That would be uh, foolish. In fact, uh, I'm looking um, at, at the, the people out there that I know might be listening to this, and I, can, I, I admire um, the work that a lot of our competitors have done, and uh, I, particularly um, the work that's been going on in other sectors as well. So uh, the approach that you, you have is you start with a, a basic risk assessment as a first tier, a baseline awareness. 
and you build uh, uh, gradually um, and hopefully learning and collaboratively from others um, to a framework on top of that to actually look through the different tiers and build um, a, a level of awareness and engagement that you, you gradually work towards being able to have absolute confidence that the, the lives of the workers in your supply chains are being looked after and actually are being enhanced by the fact that you are working um, collaboratively with those suppliers. So uh, there's elements of this that we're doing at all these different levels across some or, or all of our supply chains. Um, but I thought we'd like, it would be wrong of me to say that we're sitting at this going beyond level um, as Hilton. We certainly aim to get there. So let's talk about the, some of the processes that we've undertaken. So an, an ethical risk assessment, what does that actually consist of? So the principle here is that you start off with a, a code of conduct, a, a, a level playing field that you want your suppliers to reach. And that's typically based on the uh, Ethical Trading Initiative base code, um, but it can be um, FAO, um, uh, ILO standards or whatever you, you are using. Um, and we have built one of those, and but we're not unique in doing that. And uh, I hope that uh, we, it mirrors very closely um, the, the types of conducts, codes of conducts that you, you would um, see in, in all the major food companies. Um, with it, we, to build on from that, we created a self-assessment questionnaire. Now, our principle is, where possible, use SEDEX. Um, SEDEX is a, an excellent system uh, which works globally, um, and we are members of SEDEX, and we will use SEDEX where possible um, as a means to communicate with our, our supply chain, to map our supply chain, and we use their system as a common means of um, uh, self-assessment and, and mapping risk. But that's not always possible. So we have an alternative, which is our own um, SAQ. And you go through a process of understanding the risk associated <coughs> with a particular supply chain. <clears throat> and that is uh, built out of the inherent risk that's associated with that sector and uh, the site-specific risks, which, which is basically um, relates to the um, type of workforce that they have, the type of work that is being carried out and the, um, the level of sophistication of the systems and controls that they have within that site. And that comes out of the um, self-assessment or, or from audits. Um, and uh, where do we get our uh, inherent risks from? Well, we, we've worked with the Food Network in, uh, for Ethical Trade in the UK um, to um, we use their risk system. Um, and we know that quite a few of our uh, competitors also use the same approach. And you create a risk score, which helps you to decide whether an audit is required. And when you carried out that audit, you've got actions to follow through. Now, this is all fairly straightforward material. But um, how do you actually make this happen? And what's the sort of things you're looking for? And how do you actually improve the lives of those workers? So there's a bit of transparency that's needed. So in the next slide, um, this is where Foods Connected comes in for us. We use the Foods Connected system, um, both in, in a, as a traceability system, increasingly, 
but also as a, as a data um, transparency and data collection system. So first of all, to, to talk briefly about traceability, that is absolutely critical to understand and be able to trace where your product comes from, but challenges all the different tiers, different pro processes that the product can go through and being able to verify um, that you are getting what you know, you're expecting. Um, and you know exactly which factors and which processes that product has, has been put through. Now, sounds simple, but um, to have that in real time is the challenge. And uh, that's why we are um, members of the Global Dialogue on Secret Traceability. And that is why increasingly we're looking at uh, digital data um, collection and uh, immediate visibility through platforms such as the, um, the Foods Connected Trace Connected system. Okay, that's just one example of uh, the a way that you can map and monitor the movement of products in an almost live um, um, picture in your supply chains. Um, the, the other aspect that we use Foods Connected for is the um, transparency of the data to actually have um, a communication system with our suppliers where um, they, we use this system to drive our self-audit questionnaires and we also use it to collate and follow up our audit program. Um, so it's a big database. It's a, a little bit like ZX and we use a, a direct link from ZX um, when we have ZX audits in place, special audits in place through ZX. Um, but the principle here is it's not manual, paper-based, it's digital, and it's a centralised and immediately accessible data capture system. Doing a bit of a hard sell on Foods Connected here, um, but it works really well for us. Um, so what are you asking in these, uh, in these assessments and these processes? So um, an example here, I've just given a few examples of the types of questions that we would include. And uh, it, it just gives you a feel for uh, how we address and how we are asking um, open questions and uh, looking to get answers which show a level of understanding and uh, give real examples of how they've addressed issues within um, the, the factories. So open questions which actually tell you a little bit about the skills and the, uh, the level of engagement that's happening within um, the factories that supply you. And very specifically, we're looking for the indicators of um, modern slavery and, and potential abuse, not necessarily um, because the factories themselves would be having, that, um, uh, having a direct impact on the workers, but it might be through the recruitment process that the workers have been through. So what do you look for as modern slavery indicators? Well, I'm not gonna take you through all of these step by step, uh, but this is meant to give you a, a guide as to the types of practical warning signs and indicators um, that can um, be a, a, an indication um, that the uh, workers are um, under some form of uh, bondage or, or threat. Um, so, we make sure that when we um, carry out the audits, um, that especially the worker interviews, that we're trying to um, tease out if there's been any indicators, any of these issues going on in their lives. Okay, so what do you find in these audits? 
well, to give you some real examples. Um, this is a, a breakdown of the average non-conformances within Sletter audits um, that we are seeing. Um, so it's, it, it's not a, a detail. It doesn't tell you exactly what the issues were. Obviously, that, that wouldn't be fair to, to share exact examples. Um, but it gives you a feel that the majority of the issues picked up in audits are around health and safety. Now, the point I want to make here is that they be, these audits are finding things. They are making a difference. The follow-up and the, and the non-conformance reviews are actually making a significant impact on people's lives, and particularly around health and safety. So from that, from that perspective, an audit program is well worth doing, and uh, if in doubt, audit, and because this will uh, potentially uh, make a, a difference to somebody's life, and, and it could actually save somebody's life if the health and safety issues are critical. So it's worth doing audits, and uh, you don't have to. Um, uh, you, we hear criticism that um, audits are not carried out effectively in all different countries. However, our experience is, uh, in, in general, that audits are delivering real change. And how have we maintained those audits during the, the COVID situation? Well, the, the reality is um, we haven't had to cut back too much on the physical audits. In most cases, local people have been able to maintain access, um, particularly in the, the, the Far East countries, and have uh, maintained audits um, throughout. Some of them have been delayed. Um, this is true. but. Um, we have ma maintained audits throughout this, this time period. However, um, the virtual assessments that have been carried out are actually also making a difference. And it's a new tool which, um, which we've used both in uh, ethical and um, food safety audits, which we will continue to use as a supplement um, to the physical audits. And it actually allows you to carry out more audits. So. Um, this that actually is a, an improvement that has been gained through the, the COVID period. So um, what have we learned um, about developing audits and um, moving on from a classic audit? What are the uh, types of things that we are looking at to further go beyond the factory audit? So the first thing we've done is we've built um, a, an audit and monitoring process that covers where people live um, as well as where they're working. So in the cases where there are either dormitories or canteens on site or associated with the sites, we've built audit checklists and audit processes, which we carry out and um, cover the aspects of obviously hygiene and um, food safety. Um, but also in the case of dormitories, we're clearly looking at the, food, the, uh, the um, people safety aspects, but it's also the standards of accommodation and driving up the, the quality of the, uh, of the facilities that they, they, have to, um, they are living within, um, particular focus on having hygienic and good quality toilets and shower facilities. And just having this checklist alone, having that engagement, we've seen some step changes um, in the standards of accommodation that's been provided. So um, moving forward again, um, recently, um, during 2020, 
um, we carried out the first human rights impact assessment within our supply chains. And we did this in collaboration with Tesco and some of the supply chain partners in Vietnam. And we, we did this in the farm porn centre. And the principle of a human rights impact assessment um, is we use the, the Oxfam guidelines and we use impact to carry out this uh, audit. The principle is that you go across all the tiers um, within that country and that you look at um, the impacts of the of that work and the and the factories and processes and places that people are working on the lives of the people and on the communities. So we were really pleased with that we were able to carry that out effectively last year despite COVID. And we were really pleased with the output from it because it does show you some action places, uh, some points of improvement that are needed. But it also, um, and probably equally as importantly, um, uh, highlights the really good practices that are going on, which you can share and, and build upon and share within that country, but also use those learnings elsewhere. Um, so we found this as a really positive approach. It's, um, uh, we, we are addressing um, the uh, processes that where we need to improve particularly um, in, in systems and processes in, in, in recruitment, et cetera. Um, but we are making sure then that we are sharing those best practices amongst the, the other suppliers. Folks, I hope you enjoyed that preview of Nigel Edwards' presentation on social responsibility in seafood processing. Again, if you want to watch the full presentation, and the full session with all the other presentations, make sure that you go to the link in the show notes so you can watch it on demand as well as any of the other previous virtual goal sessions that we've had. Before we close out, remember, you want to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you get your podcasts so every new episode can get directly downloaded to your device as soon as it's available. And last little pitch here, a, a lot of the recent episodes have been people who have contacted us and that is a really great thing. We do want to hear from you and in case you are not one of our regular listeners and you want to know how to do so well you probably already know because you listened to the intro of this episode but here it is once again we are on social at aquademia pod send us an email podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or visit our website aquaculturealliance.org go to the education tab halfway down you'll see the aquademia section there's a nice little contact us button and be sure to rate and review us on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on that's right we'll be back next time we will talk to you soon ciao bye